0: It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7 used by millions of people every day flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward get started now at flipboard.com that's flipboard.com
1: this is episode 15 of the popcast hello welcome to the popcast the pop culture podcast from vernacular we're your hosts maureen and josh goldman Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments.
0: First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed but should definitely check out.
1: Hi everybody, welcome back!
0: Hello, how's it going?
1: Josh was hesitant as to whether he was going to join us this week or not, but then no, he decided he was going to jump in.
0: No, sometimes I was. I was just waiting for you to say, "Hey, Josh, how are you?" But you didn't say that.
1: No, because I'm looking right at you, Josh, honey. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. We have follow up from last week. I made a mistake last week.
1: How dare you?
0: How dare I? I stated that there were, I stated that there were eleven federal holidays. There are in fact only ten. And I also incorrectly stated that Veterans Day was not a federal holiday, and it is, and it's just because I don't get Veterans Day off, which is ridiculous. I should get all federal holidays off. Mm. How long can I talk about federal holidays this week?
1: I don't know, but we should all get federal holidays off, so...
0: Do you want to tell us about your mistake on last week's podcast? How I was the one who had the correct lyrics to So Long, Farewell. What is that song called? Oh. Yeah, I had the correct lyrics. It's "Good Night," not goodbye. I questioned myself. I'm sorry,
1: honey. I'm so sorry. And
0: I should have realized it last week because when you sang the next line, it didn't it rhy- rhyme. It rhymes with what I said, <laughs> but not with what you said. I, yeah,
1: I think I just knew I was wrong in the moment, and then corrected myself with the next line. But I, if you need a formal apology, honey, here it is. I formally apologize. You, you didn't were have right. to apologize. I was wrong. I just wanted it. To it on the record. On the record. On the that, record. Okay. We have some good news. Anchor's away. Give us the news. <laughs>
0: oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so our podcast is now available on Anchor, which is a podcasting app that everybody can use if you want to create your own podcast. But our podcast is now hosted on Anchor, so you can get all of our episodes in one place. You just go to anchor.fm slash podcast and you can find all of our episodes there. And the really cool thing is that if you have the Anchor app, you can find podcasts there but you can also call in like and leave us a message that we could then play on the show and answer your question so if you have any questions and you're and you want to call us and leave us a message we can answer those and we can play your message on the on the show
1: for example this past week we got the sweetest message we've ever received In our lives, from anyone.
0: Yes, it wasn't on the Anchor app, but it was a voice message. Yes,
1: it it was a voice message. It could be on the Anchor app in the future, but um, from one of Josh's colleagues. And she, Lauren, we love you. It just was the sweetest message ever, and she was listening and was just calling to tell us about it. So we love voicemails like that. So head on down to Anchor and leave us a a voice message, and you might just hear yourself on the air.
0: Yeah, please do. And thank you to everybody so far who has commented and uh, left us feedback so far. Okay. Let's jump into the snack bag. The first uh, thing I want to talk about, this article is a little bit uh, past a week old, but we didn't talk about it last week. And it's so funny that I thought we had to talk yeah, about it Yeah, out of the week. whole
1: snack bag, this is the only one I really want to talk about. So jump into it, honey. I can't wait.
0: So Mark Wahlberg posted on his Instagram stories his daily schedule. And his schedule is insane. First of all, we're gonna give some highlights and some of our favorite parts of his uh, daily schedule, but let me just give you a, a couple things. He wakes up at 2:30 a.m. Why? Why? And he goes to bed by 7:30 p.m. Maureen, what were some of your favorite parts of his schedule?
1: I mean, I, I saw the 2:30 a.m. thing, and I I think I know a couple of like celebrities or like you know blogger types who are like this is getting up in the morning is like their total jam. So that didn't surprise me as much.
0: But 2.30 is the middle of 2:30 the night. 2.30 is
1: the middle of the night. And then when I saw the 7.30 bedtime, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you just shift this two hours in each direction and be normal? I mean 4.30. That wouldn't even be normal. But I don't know, man. There's so many workouts, post-workout meals. I think I just like that he's like picking his kids up from school and then he's having a snack and then he's like, bye, kids. Workout number two. Daddy's got to be ripped.
0: Yeah, at four p.m., he has a second workout of the day. He takes several showers. His first shower is slotted for one and a half hours. Is he in the shower for that whole time? There's got to be maybe a quick nap in there. Maybe yeah, he's, I
1: didn't even notice that. That's maybe he's
0: reading. Uh, you know, while he's waiting for the shower. That's what to I'm warm gonna up. say
1: though. Poor Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he puts his schedule online. Of course, everyone's gonna rip on it because he's a celebrity and it's an anomaly. But there are a couple of really awesome things in here. One, he's clearly taking care of his physical health. He's eating well and exercising. But, too, he also has a lot of family time built in, which I really like.
0: And did you notice the 2.45 a.m. time? He spends 30 minutes yeah. in prayer. Mark Wahlberg is a uh, devout, devout Catholic. Catholic. It's weird that he does it in the middle of the night. But, hey. That's
1: his morning.
0: It's it's the middle of the night.
1: Josh doesn't go to sleep until, like, 1.30 in the morning. So he would be getting one hour of sleep on Mark this Wahlberg's is, schedule. This
0: just blows my mind. So, anyway... I, 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 it's I was, clearly working for him. Well, I was thinking he must not do this when he's making a movie. This must be just normal life.
1: Yeah, it says, "and I quote," typical daily schedule. Okay, but
0: he he's an actor, so you know he's working probably the majority of the year. So how can it be typical? I I don't know. That was the most dramatic pause, <laughs> as, as if you were considering. <laughs> like what can i say
1: (laughs) no i was just really thinking about it how could it be typical
0: all right let's move on to our second snack bag topic as maureen stated she's not as interested in these last two snack bag topics but i am particularly excited about this second one which is it was finally (laughs) confirmed it was finally confirmed today that space jam 2 is happening there has been a rumor about this for several years and the obvious fit to play the Michael Jordan role is LeBron James. And he will, of course, be playing the Michael Jordan role. I don't know what the story is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a new universe, but it is going to be exciting. But,
1: guys, Josh's face is lit up like a Christmas tree right now. So, I have a feeling we will be seeing this in think theaters. About, <laughs> think
0: about this cast LeBron James, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. That is incredible.
1: That's it's an Oscar just like waiting the to happen.
0: No, 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 but it's going to be good. Because LeBron James. I think LeBron James as an actor has got to be better than Michael Jordan as an actor. He's I, been in several movies. Really? Yeah, he was in Trainwreck with uh, Amy Schumer. He's He's been on Saturday Night Live. Well,
1: we'll have to see the second one and then do a comparison episode.
0: Okay, well, I mean, there's no comparing to the first one, but.
1: But there will be on our episode.
0: Okay, all right, we will compare. Uh, I'm right, very excited. So,
1: yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off you your cut excitement. Me off. C- continue, honey. That's all. <laughs> okay. Josh is very excited. So third snack bag topic. They just announced the Super Bowl.
0: Well, it leaked.
1: Oh, so it's not even official? It's not official. Uh, well, tell tell the people.
0: Let me tell you people <laughs> that Maroon 5 has been tapped to be the Super Bowl halftime performance for the 2019 Super Bowl that's being played in Atlanta, and people are not happy.
1: Why? I feel like Adam Levine would give a good performance. I don't think
0: it's so much about Maroon 5, other than the fact that they are pretty bland. You know, you couldn't pick a safer pick. And I think that since Atlanta is such a big music town, that there were some people in the online community who are very vocal that thought you should have picked someone from Atlanta. They did say that the keyboardist for Maroon 5 went to Morehouse College. So, you know. That seems a stretch. it's definitely a stretch if you're talking about people well maybe
1: this is all just like an elaborate pr stunt and they leaked it on purpose to see how people would respond and when the twitter sphere blows up they'll be like we were never gonna book maroon five it's actually this hip-hop group from atlanta
0: yeah i mean outcast would be a good choice they're from atlanta anyway i guess we'll have to see uh i mean i'd be fine with them but again they're kind of boring so
1: stay tuned maroon five pr scam or reality
0: or reality i think we'll have some sort of clarification in the next couple weeks
1: so, honey, big marquee topic this week. It was a big week for pop culture. What happened this week? Tell us about it.
0: Well, we told people what we were going to talk about last week, so it's not that much of a surprise. Remember I said, hey, we're going to talk about the Emmys next week?
1: Honey, you're assuming everyone's listening to the very end of our show, so... No, 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 it
0: wasn't the very end. It wasn't the very, very end.
1: <laughs> it was before we <laughs> Guys, even talked we're gonna, about... The... we're going to talk about the Emmys. We're going to talk about it's the, the, the Emmys. Emmys this week. The Emmys happened, in case you missed it.
0: The Emmys happened this past week. There was a surprising amount of diversity amongst shows in in the winners there were a couple that were big winners for the night uh, amazon's marvelous mrs Maisel took home eight trophies including best comedy series i would like to say that i predicted that maureen did not who did i pick atlanta which was a oh, good yeah. which was a good choice since they did uh do pretty well last year but i've seen
1: every episode of mazel and two thumbs way up i two love it way up.
0: Uh, HBO's Game of Thrones Duh. won best drama. Now we'll we'll talk a little bit about our reactions. Uh, not not my pick for best drama, but anyway. And then FX's The Assassination of Gianni Versace did pretty well in the mini series, limited mean, series, movie. Does this mean honey, I'm sorry, limited series, whatever that category is.
1: Does this mean that you're gonna have another OJ moment? When I was on maternity leave, Josh got really into the O.J. Simpson like documentary, also directed by Ryan Murphy. Right.
0: Well, the FX series was directed by Ryan Murphy. That was the dramatized version. Right, that's of what the I'm OJ. talking about. But and I also did watch the eight-hour documentary O.J. Made in America. Right. But which does is this excellent. mean
1: you're going to do this with this Gianni Versace thing now? I
0: don't think so. I'm not as interested in the story. It didn't didn't look quite as good to me. But apparently, it did pretty well. I mean, it won a lot. It won a lot. Uh, so those were the big winners. There were a couple others, uh, including Barry on HBO show that uh, took home a couple awards. Big loser for the night. That would be the Emmys themselves. <laughs> uh, <Maureen.
1: laughs> womp womp.
0: Yeah. So uh, and I think award shows in general, but it only averaged about. million viewers which was down double digit percentage points from last year i don't remember the exact number how
1: much you may i'm gonna ask you a question i'm sure you don't know off the top of your head but like how much does the super bowl get or like how much is what's good like what are we comparing this to
0: let me let me just quick look it up
1: okay so while josh looks up the stat i'm gonna give you guys kind of my overall impression of the show and then we'll let josh jump in with oh wait
0: okay here we go okay super bowl ratings for 2018 103.4 103.4 million viewers. Oh
1: no, Emmys, so sad.
0: And in addition to that, so the Super Bowl always has a an episode of TV right afterwards. For this past year, it was This Is Us. Even that brought in about 27 million viewers. So the Emmys, and and I think award shows in general, but especially the Emmys, really weigh down in the ratings. Yikes. So let's start out by talking about our overall impression of the show. Morrie, why don't you... St-
1: yeah, I mean, I was gonna, but then you you know sorry had the stat okay so overall impression i thought it was fine i think i was doing something else while we were watching though on uh, like on the computer or something Yeah, you were
0: doing life insurance stuff
1: oh yeah it wasn't on the that's computer at all I was reviewing life insurance options
0: that's how bored maureen was yeah
1: okay I mean, yeah, I, 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 I was going to try to sugarcoat it, but I think it was fine. It was fun to have on in the background, but it didn't capture my attention enough to just be watching it without multitasking at the same time.
0: I think, I think I have to agree. The show overall was a letdown. There wasn't really anything exciting about the production let's just talk about the production as I a whole. i loved the
1: set though i mean like they had these beautiful like columns that were also screens and like they turned and people could walk through them and then they were also like the tvs on which that like I-, I thought it looked visually stunning i think it's just hard i mean like the, so much has been done before and the two hosts were not particularly shiny or showy um they were just more like you know, stand-up comedians, which they were funny, but it wasn't like a tap number or like something huge that you like needed to pay attention to or was unexpected. I
0: think the fact that you pointed out the production design as the <laughs> thing that you thought was really good I did. means that the show itself was not great. And yeah. and one of the things that I read about, you know, as a review of the show is that they didn't like the order that they were doing things. So if you didn't tune in, here's how it went. They would show clips from the nominated shows or actors, and then they would play music to bring out the presenters, the presenters would banter, you'd forget who was nominated, and then they would award the the trophy. So it was kind of weird that the presenters didn't come out first, do their banter, and then they would show the clips and then present the award. So I think that, that there was a little bit of imbalance there. And I think the other thing that I read was that people said that this show was very... Saturday Night Live heavy in terms of the people who appeared.
1: It was. It was like the whole cast in the that, opening number. Right, and and like, that
0: was because Lauren Michaels produced the Emmys this year. And so they had a lot of cast members. They had a lot of former cast members. And I think that it just didn't work.
1: I'm going to say something a little controversial because I know some people love this. But Saturday Night Live in general, I hate Weekend Update. Like that's my least favorite section, and the two hosts of the Emmys are the weekend update hosts. Yeah,
0: Colin Jost and Michael Che. And
1: on the show, historically, that's a very prestigious position. Like that is something like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did this together. It's it's like the like zingers, the one liners, and then you show a picture and you move on. It's not a sketch. And to me that's just never been my preferred style of comedy. I much prefer the sketches. And now in Saturday Night Live I love the video shorts that they do that are like produced movies, um small little video clips that are hilarious. When I heard when I knew who the hosts were going to be, I knew it was going to be funny, but not necessarily my favorite brand of funny.
0: So overall, what grade would you give the hosts?
1: I, that's that's hard. I think they did exactly what they do best. So I would give them an A for doing what they do, but I don't know that their particular genre was the right fit for hosting of this show.
0: I don't even think that they did the best that they could do. They were presentable, but their jokes were not overly funny. They didn't do anything out of the box. You know, They, they kind of did the lowest common denominator jokes about diversity and the Me Too movement. And I just don't think that it really hit home uh, they made they made fun of the fact that no one watches the Emmys. So, you know, I laughed a couple of times, but I would say that what they said wasn't even that funny.
1: And Josh, do you know who writes the jokes for each of the like presenters to do? Do the hosts also do that, or who does that?
0: I don't know, actually. I think that the show has writers, so the Emmys has writers, and I think it's probably led by the hosts, and I'm sure that they have input into some of the bits if the presenters are going to do sort of a back and forth. Some of those things were funny.
1: See, my take was the opposite and I would be really curious as to what are what you guys think listening. My, I was kind of like, Ugh, "Do I have to watch another awkward celebrity try to be funny when like funny isn't their thing?"
0: Except for one that you said, the the comedian Hannah Gatsby you were sort of not paying attention, and then oh, yeah, you looked I up. Oh, yeah, I really
1: liked her. Yeah,
0: she was really funny. Because she she's has, a comedian. Right, and she has a Netflix special now, and so she was there presenting. But she was really funny in She her was really intro. funny,
1: but that's because she's capable of that. I feel like the other people who are presenting, I would rather not see them forced into trying to be comedic banterers. I would rather see them come up with someone they know – like have a moment that's authentic or talk about their next movie even and just plug something, but like be like who they are as celebrities rather than like trying to be awkward and funny. Yeah,
0: I guess that that's a good point because not every person who comes out there needs to be funny and everybody tries to be funny. Okay. So let's um, shift a little bit to talking about some of the better things from the show. Were there any winners that stood out that you were particularly happy about that you thought were well-deserved
1: I was totally happy for Fonzie, Henry yeah, Winkler. Henry Winkler.
0: He won his first Emmy.
1: Yeah, and he was so happy. So uh, We've been, been watching Barry a little bit. I don't know that he's necessarily like the most amazing thing I've ever seen on that show, but he's certainly good. And now he's an Emmy winner. So, But I was just happy for his story. And he was so thrilled, like as a human. It was just nice to see. Yeah, and
0: he was the first award of the night. So that was kind of a nice way to kick it off. I was particularly happy that one of my favorite shows uh, took home a couple awards that would be The Americans. I haven't talked about The Americans on the podcast yet because I am still uh, plugging my way through the final season, but it did pick up two big awards for the evening. It won uh, Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series, and it also won Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for Matthew Reese, who has been consistently good on the show since season one. So I'm excited to finish uh, that show up in the next week or so as I catch up on our DVR. You're welcome, Maureen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm sure it'll be a teaser for, of mine in the next coming weeks.
1: I was really happy that the lead actress in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won. I yeah, mean, Rachel Brosnahan. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: She won. She's actually been nominated before as outstanding guest actress in a drama series. She was in a handful of episodes scattered across a couple seasons of House of Cards. And she was really good on that show, too. Yeah, but
1: this show is well, her. The yeah. and, but, but beyond being the lead, it's like... She carries everyone. The woman who plays her, like, manager, her comedy manager one, She's good, too. But I just, I think, my, from my opinion, I just think Rachel Brosnahan is that show. And so the writer won. Amy Sherman-Palladino won two things for a director and writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, she brings the show to life. She's She's an odd little duck. So... I didn't... <laughs>
0: well, you're a fan of Gilmore Girls, I am. which is her other She's big... She's incredibly
1: talented. She's kind of weird when she gives speeches, and she d- definitely like marches to the beat of her own drum, but I love her shows.
0: Okay, so we talked about best winners. How about worst winners? Things that you just don't think should have won. I will start by saying that I do not think Game of Thrones should have won best drama. Now, I've seen a couple different things about this. Some people say that the seventh season, which is the one that aired last year wasn't really that good i mean it was of course epic in scale it had a lot of good set pieces but in terms of storytelling it was all over the place you know there was a lot of inconsistency in the way that the story was told there were a lot of plot holes and how did this happen after this so to that i i definitely agree even halfway through the american season six that is a far superior show in terms of a season of work so, I was bummed that the Americans didn't win. So I'm surprised that Game of Thrones won, but the other side of the coin is that people said that it's just such a big show that how could it not be recognized as such as such a an outstanding piece of work? I mean, the amount of work that goes I feel into like, I
1: feel like it's already been recognized for that if you're gonna say that, I mean, it's already won enough awards that like we get it. It's a big deal,
0: yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I get it from both sides, but I would have preferred if something else had won. And I just don't think that Game of Thrones really deserved it this year. Maureen, I know you were particularly pleased that Peter Dinklage
1: won. I know. I was going to say, so my worst winner. I, I really like Peter Dinklage's character on Game of Thrones. He plays Tyrion Lannister. And I think he's a perfectly fine actor. I love his character. His accent is the worst thing I've ever heard, and I don't know how he can keep winning things when <laughs> he has this weird. When we get to Josh's teaser, you'll see I'm going to suggest that he be on there someday. I'd love to know what that guy thinks. But well, I, I don't was know. surprised
0: that he won this year. He's won two times before. He very—he's a strong actor. His accent is quite bad, but I was surprised based on his competition that he won. I would have thought that Matt Smith, who was in The Crown, he got really good reviews for playing Prince Philip. I would have thought that David Harbour, who plays Jim Hopper in Stranger Things, he was really good. So I'm surprised that Peter Dinklage won for a third time, but, you know, he's he's good. His accent's just bad. And I have a soft spot, you know, for Mandy Patinkin, who's on Homeland. He's been really, really good on that show since it started, and he's never won supporting actor emmy
1: oh he really needs to win before yeah
0: he's so good and if you haven't seen homeland his character saul is just like the heart of the show and he is consistently excellent so i hope he wins at some point
1: all right honey best moments from the emmys
0: i think the best comedic moment was probably this um to maureen's earlier point about how the best parts of saturday night live are the sketches the the um the pre-recorded sketches i think that the funniest part of the show was the reparations Emmys, where Michael Che went around and gave oh, yeah. Emmys to black actors who had been overlooked in the past, and it was just a really funny thing. So we we'll were link... like
1: monumental TV stars right. that had never been awarded.
0: We'll link the we'll link the video to that um, in the uh, in the show notes, so you can check it out if you haven't. But that was definitely the funniest. And then uh, there was another moment that I think Maureen liked as well. Betty that...
1: White.
0: Oh, the Betty White moment. No, I was. going That say was my else. best
1: moment. I I mean. Betty White is, what, 96? Mm-hmm. And they brought her out on stage. And I, we should all be so lucky to be as beautiful and poised as Betty White when we are 96. So it was just really cool. She's she's had an amazing career. And I it was just, I loved seeing her out there.
0: I, I thought you were going to say the part that I nearly skipped over. We were watching on a slight delay. We recorded it. And I nearly skipped over the winner for Best Direction of... A variety special the winner was glenn weiss who won for directing the oscars this past year and he proposed
1: oh yeah i totally forgot i
0: nearly skipped over it and then i saw there was all this hubbub and commotion and I was like, in go the back, audience go back. yeah and so we rewound and he proposed to his girlfriend and it was really awkward and sweet and
1: with his mother's ring and like it was it was beautiful
0: yeah, so that was another fun moment. I'm
1: sure it's on YouTube. Everyone we'll should go it. watch it. We'll link it, it yeah. in the
0: show notes. Uh, worst moments. Your least favorite moments of the show. I, You already said you didn't like the the little bits between the presenters.
1: Yeah, I mean, the. Uh, but, I don't mean the hosts. I mean, like, the awkward presenters. Who but there, are there like, was
0: another one that you pointed out that starred uh, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph.
1: Oh, gosh. I don't even know what that was. It was basically, like, the, the two hosts... Colin and Michael were like involving their other Saturday Night Live alums, and like they were supposed to be these Emmy experts, but the shtick was that they just didn't study the Emmys at all and they had no idea what they were doing. And this would have been funny if it lasted for 30 seconds, but they came back like three or four times for like a minute and a half, two minutes each, and it was just unbearable.
0: It was not good. My worst moment from the show was the opening number. A lot of the times when. Oh, I didn't- hate it but there have been such better opening yeah. things and the two
1: hosts weren't in it
0: yeah they didn't even come into it so it was keenan thompson and kate mckinnon sang this number that involved some other people like titus burgess and Kristen bell and andy sandberg and it just wasn't that good It it almost looked as if they threw it together at the last minute they couldn't really sing the song they were singing it wasn't that funny there was no big production to it but if you look back years and years ago presenters used to do these elaborate openings there's this great one when conan o'brien hosted where he he was trying to get to the emmys and he kept showing up in other tv shows so he was like on the set of the office and he was on the set of lost and he was in 24 i'll link that because it's really worth watching if you haven't seen it um but i just missed something big to open the show and that was very it fell very flat for me
1: you know what i want i want someone like classic and awesome to host one of these things
0: you want a billy crystal back
1: billy crystal or i was thinking steve martin and martin short because they were nominated and they didn't win for their comedy special but like how much funnier would they have been
0: yeah i mean i think you're never going to get a huge huge star to host the emmys they might host the oscars but typically what happens is a network will broadcast the emmys and then they will pick someone associated with that network to host so this year nbc aired the emmys and of course they had an nbc uh duo host host of the show so i don't know who who has it next year but i agree i would i would much rather have someone kind of classic
1: you know what it could have been worse we could have had oh he's not on this network though well if abc ever does it can you imagine chris harrison oh gosh no
0: he would never (laughs) host you know, ABC will go to Jimmy Kimmel. He's hosted the Oscars for the past couple of years. Fun uh, tidbit: I've been hearing some rumors about who's going to host the Oscars this year. And which is uh, Maroon Five. <laughs> that would be something if Adam Levine hosted. Guys, the...
1: when Josh actually laughs at something I said, it's like the most accomplished. Well, it was feeling a nice callback. Have. It was a nice callback. Thank you, Annie.
0: Uh, I've heard that Lin Manuel Miranda maybe approach to host the Oscars. I feel like he could do a good job, but we'll save our discussion of Oscar host for when they actually announce it, but it could be interesting. All right. Any last thoughts about the Emmys? Nah. I would like to do maybe a show um, this fall or winter about award shows overall. I have so many thoughts about why they're not as popular as they used to be or they could be. So I'll save that for that. And I'll leave it by saying that the Emmys were okay. And I was happy with some of the winners, and I was disappointed in some of the other ones, and I'll be excited for the next big awards show that we'll cover on here, which is probably going to be the Golden Globes in January.
1: All right. So let's move on to our teasers. Josh, why don't you go first?
0: My teaser for this week is a YouTube series called Technique Critique um, that is produced by Wired, the, the magazine Wired. And there are six episodes so far. But four of them feature this guy named Eric Singer, who is a dialect coach for film and TV actors. And he essentially, in the show, sits down and watches clips of actors in different performances where they have a different accent than their own. And he critiques uh, their accent. And he's very, very knowledgeable about language and linguistics. He can clearly do a ton of different accents. So he gives you... Technical background about how the actors are approaching the accent work in the in the movie or TV show And it's really fascinating to watch him break down these accents Uh, I showed Maureen the latest one last night and she notoriously does not like to watch YouTube videos But she was interested for 24 minutes.
1: It was really fascinating you guys He did show this to me last night and I really really liked it and I was thinking as he's describing this to you you might be picturing like An old, white-haired, white dude from Great Britain. Michael Caine. You might be picturing Michael (laughs) Caine doing this pretentiously. That is not the case at all. This dude is, like... He's mm, probably in his
0: 30s or early 40s.
1: mm, I was going to say late 20s, early 30s. He's kind of dreamy. He, like, looks like he's, like, could be an actor instead of a dialect coach. And he's funny. Like, the way he kind of, like, goes about it, it's really, like, it's got this great pattern banter to it. So... Uh, definitely at least check it out watch five minutes of it because i think you'll find it really fascinating
0: yeah and the best thing about it is that he breaks down both good and bad accents it's fun to watch who does really well and who doesn't do well maureen what is your teaser for this week
1: all right my teaser for this week so i have two things to say my actual teaser is a book called bringing up Bebe," which um You're probably only interested if you're a parent, Um, but it's written by this woman who's an American, and she married a British guy, and they live in Paris, and she raised like had her children and raised her children in Paris, and it's funny. It's basically like, wait, all the French women were like, oh, my baby was sleeping through the night's but like, you know, two weeks old, and this woman's like, my baby's like a year old, and I am getting up three times a night, and like, what the heck is going on? I was listening to it on audiobook from the library. Amazing. So anyway, really like it. Great parenting book, but that's not like, do this, or this is the right way to do things, but more like a study on, you know, how parenting can be different in different cultures. And I just, the author's really funny. So check that out. The other thing I wanted to say about books is that I am very interested in, like, expanding my, my. I was going to say my book repertoire. Okay, guys, I need to read more, is basically (laughs) what this comes down to. But I was thinking the other day, do you remember when Facebook first came out And it was only available for your college. And it said, like, favorite book. You couldn't even, like, write a profile. It was, like, one picture. And it was, like, favorite song, favorite color, favorite book, whatever. Anytime I've had to answer this, I always put The Great Gatsby as my favorite book. And I still have it. I mean, I have my copy from high school. And it's annotated. And it's beautiful. And I could probably write a paper on it. But it's not actually my favorite book. The story is pretty dark. And there's a lot of sadness in there. And I need a new favorite book. And so I'm very interested in what are people's favorite books? As in, this is a book that is super easy beach read and I just love it and it makes me happy or this is the best piece of literature I've ever read and it really affected me in X, Y, or Z way. If you had to pick one book, what is your favorite book? Right now, because it could change anytime someone asks you, but if you had to pick what's your favorite book, I want to know what it is because I'm going to make a reading list and start probably listening to them more on audiobook. Um, when I'm driving or doing dishes or laundry or whatever. Um, But send us a message or leave us a voicemail on Anchor or whatever it may be. I'd love to know what your favorite book is.
0: All right, that will do it for this week. Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com.
1: Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode.
0: Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. I don't, even, I don't know any of the other words to that song.
1: How does it go? Ain't no other player in your game for two. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye.